The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, unless heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you. You will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, Everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, 
nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, the gospel reading today, Jesus says, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And as I was reflecting on the readings for this Sunday, I was reminded very much of many of the conversations that I have with people about Pope Francis who a lot of times people will say things like, is he just trying to change everything? Is he trying to get rid of like church doctrine? Is he trying to change the rules? These are the same things that people were saying about our Lord. Is our Lord trying to abolish the law? And Jesus says very clearly, I have not come to abolish but to fulfill. And when he says fulfill, he means, I've come to allow you to live at a higher level. I've come to call you to live at a greater level. I've come to call you to love at a greater level. I've come to show you how to love at a greater level. Because after he says this, then he goes on and he says, You have heard it said, you shall not kill. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. It's not enough just to follow the law, but to live greatly and to love greatly is what our Lord has come to call us to do. You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And the way that our Lord has called us to love greatly is that he gave his life for us on the cross. That we might receive the grace that flows from him. And that we might actually start to love with the love that he has first given to us. That we could truly love others as God has loved us. Because that divine love has flowed into our lives. And we start to see everything differently. Not simply through the lens of following the rules that constrain us, but that we might love following the rule of love that flows from the cross. Which is that we will love freely and greatly. And then we'll give all of ourselves the same way that our Lord has given all of himself to us first. And when we think about what our Holy Father is doing, 
everything about his pontificate, everything from the first homily that he gave at the Chrism Mass in Rome, which I attended, where he said to us, the chrism that is poured on your hands smells beautiful. And it's not so that you can smell like you are above the people. It's so you need to ignore that smell. And you need to smell like your sheep. That's what he said. Why? Because the graces that we have as priests that we're called to administrate through the sacraments are for the people. And more people will come and access those graces if they have an entry point. There's no, and there's no entry point if they perceive us to be up here and they're down here. And then he wrote this document on faith. And then he wrote Joy of the Gospel, calling us back to an evangelical position within the church to proclaim that first proclamation of Christ's saving love. And then in Amoris Laetitia, he again focuses the church on discerning the heart of the person in front of us so that we can walk with them in conversion so that they can come to know our Lord, experience those graces that flow from our Lord, have their hearts be transformed, and then love greatly. Now that's his desire. His desire is that we truly know our Lord. That our hearts truly be transformed by the graces that we receive through the sacraments. And that we truly begin to love greatly and not simply by constraint. And so everything he does is an invitation to those who may be stuck in sin to know that they belong to the universal church so that they can be transformed, so that they can love greatly. He extends similar invitations to those that are on the extreme right conservative wing of the church because he wants them to come back into the universal church so that they can receive those graces, so that they can love greatly. It's what our Holy Father is passionate about. And it truly is what we should be passionate about. Because it's what our Lord came to do. Not to abolish the law, but to fulfill. And so sometimes our Holy Father, he, he makes comments about rigidity. Some of my brother priests get upset because he says things like, you know, don't hide behind doctrine. And when he says that, he's really talking about a very specific dynamic where like, sometimes there are people in all of our lives, but particularly our lives as priests, and they're hurting and they have like, problems and somebody might come into the office and they've been abandoned by their husband and their you know, sister just committed suicide and they were abused when they were a child and they dump all of this stuff all at once and then we start to feel their pain. Right? That's how we are as human beings. We feel other people's pain. And our instinct sometimes can be to say, oh my gosh, I don't like feeling this pain. I want you to go and make a holy hour every day and pray the rosary every day and do these devotions and um, get out of my office as soon as possible so that I don't feel your pain anymore. We can do that. We can all do that. 
You can do that with your friends who are really hurting, and they come to you, and they start dumping their pain on you. You start feeling their pain, and you're like, whoa, are you praying? Go pray. Instead of maybe being able to say, I'm so sorry that you're hurting right now. You must really be hurting right now, because I can feel that you're hurting right now. And I'm going to carry your pain inside of me, and I'm going to go and sit in front of our Lord, because I know it's, it's probably too much for you to make the effort right now. And I'll take all of your pain to the Lord for you, because now I'm carrying it inside of me. Now, that's the kind of church that our Holy Father is calling us to be, but I think it's the same church that Jesus is calling us to be. And we can very easily fall into that mentality and sort of rule-following mentality that gets in the way of loving greatly. I mean, if we think about when our Lord says, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Like, we have to examine our conscience about that as a society that is so drawn into the sexualization in the media and the culture and the, what we consume on the internet, everything. And that statement is just as powerful as the statement, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. But more than that, we have to ask ourselves, like, within our marriages, are our marriages ordered to loving greatly or are they kind of a constraint? Because somebody can have a constraint marriage. It would look kind of like this. If there's a couple and the husband has a Facebook account and his high school girlfriend writes him on Facebook and like, hey, do you remember when we used to date and it was so amazing? And he starts feeling like a teenager again and remembering how he won the football game in high school and all these emotions come up that are great. And he starts to feel like maybe I'm in love with this girl. And he can say, like, does he write her back or not write her back? This is the question, you know? Do I acknowledge this message or not acknowledge this message? And he might say, I can't acknowledge that message but because I'm married. So my wife, if she finds out, she'll kill me, so I'm not going to acknowledge the message. It's one way of going about things. But it sort of leaves the residue in the mind, like, uh, man, I really, like, I wonder if she's going to write me again. And then he starts going back to his Facebook account just to see if she's reaching out again. The alternative to that would be, I'm so in love with my wife, I can't believe this person just wrote me, I need to get rid of that and block that person. Because I'm so in love with my wife that, like, when that pops up, I'm just like, no. Because my love for my wife is so fulfilling that there's nothing else that draws me away. It's the difference between loving greatly and following the law. And I think most people want that kind of marriage where they're loving greatly. Certainly I want that kind of celibacy where I'm loving greatly. Not that my high school girlfriends write me on Facebook. But I have to live that way too. I have to live that way too. One time I had to ask myself when I was in graduate school, you know, like let's say there was a world where I got kicked out of the priesthood for some false accusation or something. Would I stay celibate? 
this was a hard question to discern. Because it's really the difference between am I celibate because I have to be or am I celibate because our Lord has called me to belong to him. And that's the desire of my heart to be celibate because our Lord has called me to belong to him, to love greatly. And that's what our Lord is calling us to in the gospel. That's what Pope Francis is calling us to in his pontificate. That's what the Lord wants to fulfill in each and every one of our lives. And that is the beauty of the Christian life that will draw more people into the church because it will always come with joy. It will always come with joy. And this week we celebrate World Marriage Day and so it's a day that the church recognizes marriages and at the 11 o'clock mass we're having the Joy and Hope anniversary mass with all the big anniversaries. But I just invite you all as couples that are here today to just spend some time as I finish this homily, reflecting on where you've been together and where you're going, thanking God for putting you in each other's lives and praying for the grace to continue to love each other greatly and to fall more in love with each other this next year than you have been ever before, to cast out all spirits of division between you, that you may truly live in relationship with Christ, in relationship with each other, and be a light that shines in our culture.